ladies and gentlemen, welcome once more to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program, or WHPP, as you might hear us refer to it sometimes, because let's let's be honest, the name is a bit of a mouthful. I'm Greg in Boston. He is Matteo in Minneapolis, which is a handy bit of alliteration, don't you think? I love alliteration. Yeah. We're all about alliteration. Did you see, did you see what I did there? Did you prepare? No, I didn't prepare. Should I have done I, homework? No, I was just uh, I was just off the cuff. Awesome. Because you're effing killing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing way better than I usually do. <laughs> usually by now I'm already falling asleep. But <laughs> I I actually have some energy this week because I, I was like slowly starting to recover from all the crazy things that have been happening in my life. This is the Working Men's Honest Bicycle Program. I'm Matteo, and over there is Greg. He's drunk and asleep. <laughs> well, that's the usual show. This week, I'm I'm less drunk than usual. <laughs> I, <laughs> which, which, well, I okay. That I'm boy. I've already destroyed my lead. I'm already. <laughs> it's just collapsing around me. I'm snatching defeat from the jaws of victory here. <laughs> I, I do not normally do the podcast drunk, uh, though often with a drink in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know. Uh, while you know, if if you aren't into the the alcohol drinking, we that's cool too. So that's cool. Don't too. worry about yeah. that. Yeah, this is that's our happy cool hour, though. You know, it is our it is our happy hour. I'm I'm actually taking a sip right now. Just just give me a sec. Nice, nice. Mm. Mm. Ah, yep, that's tasty. Mm. Um, all right. So this is a podcast about uh, bikes. Um, buy bike lover. Ugh, buy bike lovers for bike lovers. We happen to do uh, and be into bike racing kind of stuff, so uh, we talk a lot about that, but other things too. So I think this week we are going to start. We actually have some follow up, don't we? Yeah. So we got oh, we, we got uh, an email from a listener, which is really cool. That really, I would say, uh, in a friendly way, took us to task for uh, one of the topics of uh, a show or two ago, where. Basically, we complained about everybody else who's riding a bicycle right now. Right. Um, <laughs> and the letter writer sort of rightly pointed out that we complained about people riding behind you, or people riding behind us, and people passing us. And <laughs> uh, The subject of this email was, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, the writer was just completely right in, in pointing out that in our uh in in this episode we uh we had gone gotten pretty complainy and maybe had overdone (laughs) ourselves a little bit (laughs) a little wrapped around the axle over this yeah yeah um so so i wrote back um and said hey you know uh thanks and um i maybe i was a little defensive i hope i wasn't but basically we just want to clarify all right and i'll clarify for myself anyway so uh, first of all, you know these are these are feelings that we had, right? This is an all feels zone uh, here on WHBP, <laughs> but in, in that they're not necessarily valid or fair in all cases. But uh, you know, I, I think that if that didn't come across, that's you know that's my fault, right? That I didn't get that across. And sometimes you know, sometimes it's really obvious that someone who's passing you is doing it in kind of a racing you way, but. Sometimes it's not obvious that they're doing that, or sometimes you think they're doing that and you're just projecting uh, your own insecurities, <laughs> you know, onto this <laughs> other person who's just living their life. 
I had someone on a commuter bike pass me today, in fact. Um, so, you know, basically, uh, <coughs> oh dear, excuse me. I'm, I, <coughs> I'm having attacks, an attack of the coughings. Uh, so I guess I would say, you know, if you come across me or perhaps Matteo on the road, but it's certainly me, you know, try not to worry too much about our particular insecurities. If you fulfill the basic obligations of politeness, uh, where, you know, hang back a few feet before passing, uh, don't come right up, uh, in my grill when you pass, uh, that's totally cool. So yeah, that's my clarification. The, the thing I don't like is someone being like right up in my space yeah. all of a sudden. I, but yeah. if you want to pass, you, you you know you do you basically. The other the other thing that I was thinking about was that you know in this episode when we were complaining, we were talking about like two, yeah, like two specific types of behaviors that are definitely not like what what everybody does. You know, it's not there's the um George Carlin bit, uh, and I might get some of the words a little bit wrong, but he says that other drivers are either maniacs or idiots. You know, it's like. I have the quote in front of you, in front of me, if you if you want. Oh, please. Right, I can't do a good Carlin impression, but it's it's. Have you ever noticed when you're driving that anybody who's driving slower than you, an idiot, is an idiot, and anyone driving faster than you is a maniac? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I don't think that we were we were going for that. You know, that someone someone going slower is is <laughs> is our proctologist, and anyone going faster is you know, secret racing us, but, um, they're just like two ways that certain behavior sometimes, sometimes happens out on the roads or on the bike paths. So, so that's, that's sort of like my disclaimer, um, I guess. And the other is that, you know, some, some of it is just like, like when you see somebody and you think that maybe they think you're racing, then you think it too but you don't want to and that's where that whole like plausible deniability comes into and it's like yeah like you said it's it's feelings and it's not like defensible it's just like oh <laughs> crap now like i don't actually think this is going on but in order to make myself feel a little bit better like i need to be the fastest one in this situation and that's dumb and i can't even admit it to it myself you know so, like <laughs> right yeah totally if i i think i'm not the only person that has that going on in their brain sometimes this is what they did oh. before strava right Oh yeah, I think it's the only thing. <laughs> Do you remember life before Strava? <laughs> Boy. Overall, though, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty pleased that um that this person uh wrote in to to point out that we were we we're we we're, were getting getting on the ridiculous end. Yeah, yeah, a little ridiculous. So yeah, it, so I guess let's let's close that by saying thank you, thank you for writing. You know who you are, and. Anyone else, if you want to tell us, you know, give us, uh, you know, a, a kind, kind, but, you know, firm, uh, the dope slap up the back of the head uh, via the medium of writing an email, uh, please, please feel free to do so. I'm and I'm totally down with the friendly. Hey, I think you're full of crap email. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's totally. I have totally certainly legit. sent those emails. I've written that letter to the editor before. Oh man! So this might serve as a uh, <laughs> extremely weak segue into talking about. Uh, oh, I got nothing. Into um, a little bit of I don't know elitism or tribalism in cycling uh, or cycling culture. I don't know, uh, and I don't want to. 
So this isn't about sort of a big internet event that happened, but there was a small run-in among um, some of my, uh, well, my, I say, but some of the kind of New England racing and cyclocross and road scene with uh, none other than Mr. Copenhagen Eyes on Twitter. And like I said, this isn't anything that blew up, and and, uh, I hope to get off of it before too long because I don't want to go and, like, make a storify or anything (laughs) of the tweets to share with you all. But basically... Mr. Oh gosh, his, his name is like what Mikhail uh, Kovaly Anderson or something like that. Something along um, those lines. Something like, but you know, at Copenhagen eyes on Twitter. And he, is and, uh, he a designer? Well, he's what according it? to himself not an, an advocate, but he he does do a lot of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This I don't. Is so, I don't like ur- I'm gonna get mad. Contemporary but he, urbanism he, design. Yeah, um, yeah. He goes around to conferences and talks about how everyone rides a bike in Copenhagen and no one uh, puts on different clothes to do it and your cities should all be like Copenhagen and it's great. Um, and that's sort of uh, maybe maybe an unfair explanation of what he does, but that seems to be what he does. Yeah. He's a consultant. And all that stuff much. sounds like pretty good, you know? Yeah, no, that sounds fine. That sounds fine. Uh, I, I mean, I have some, like I said... I, I could easily go into a rant about like this guy um, because the way he got his start in kind of internet cycling circles was with a blog that I really, really, really hated. <laughs> was it the one that was just pictures of pretty women on bikes? Yeah, it was the creep shots of women on bikes. Right. That's him. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I will lay my cards on the table and say that I do, do not like him. I think he is a creep. But um, that wasn't really the point. The point was that what happened is... It, Someone, I just caught this because it was in my uh, replies feed on Twitter. And what happened was Mr. Copenhagen and I put up a picture of someone in road bike spandex at, I don't know, I guess an ice cream stop uh, and said, Captain Spandex at the ice cream stop uh, scaring the kids. And basically he got called on it by, I, I don't even remember who saying, like, uh, that's kind of not cool, dude. Like, what's up with that? And in the exchange that happened, uh, he was just... Uh, I don't know quite how to cover this exactly, but but basically, uh, none other than Adam Meyerson got into this exchange saying that, why are we... Why are you being so dismissive of other people on bikes, like, who just happen to ride differently than you? What's up with that? Um and for me, you know, advocacy does matter as a racer. It's a matter of workplace safety. And uh, the Copenhagenized guy response to that was, "Well, I'm a member of uh, you. You, I am not one of you. Uh, you represent the one percent. I'm one of the ninety nine percent." Which I mean, is, that's that's a pretty clear statement pretty about not even about majority and minority, but about elitism. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and one of the things he does is decries so-called tribalism. Um, and apparently tribalism oh, is the someone irony. who... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so this is kind of weirdly what, what got me going. And, and there was a, a little bit of a back and forth about this. Um, though, honestly, um, the Copenhagen Ice guy um, didn't respond too much except to send a couple kind of pretty dismissive and, and pretty weak tweets at the number of um, 
you know, Adam Myerson and a bunch of other uh, New England cyclists, including uh, me, though I don't think I was in any of his replies. But he was had a bunch of people tweeting at him, which, you know, uh, that that's kind of one of the downsides of Twitter. So I, that can be a little overwhelming. So it's not like I feel like you should respond to everyone who's tweeting at him. But still, it was, it was including actually um, the Mass Bike. So uh, Mass Bike is the Massachusetts uh, kind of principal... Uh, bicycle advocacy organization saying it like, hey, you know, we're all in this together. But and, and he was just very dismissive of the idea that someone who uh, wears spandex has opinions that matter on bicycle advocacy. So this, I mean, this gets into a whole thing about like in general racer hate. And I don't say that as if to be like, oh, poor people like us. Everyone hates us, and it's too bad. Like that's not where I'm going with that. But like, there sure. is, uh, you know, some like. Some eye There's rolling definite... about, you know, pathletes and weekend warriors and spandex heroes. Well, um, yeah, well, and there is there is a, a decided strain um, among some people in not necessarily strictly speaking advocacy, but but people who talk about advocacy on the Internet or, or write about bikes on the Internet in the kind of a non-racing context of a certain strain of thought that. Um, racers and um, roadies wearing spandex are are kind of actively enemies of the cause, right? That we are actually um, making people less likely to want to ride bikes because it's because we, we look, look ridiculous when we do it, right? And you and people think, well, the in the argument, like to not you know uh, be completely dismissive of of the argument, though I I think it's ridiculous. Again, laying my cards on the table. Uh, the idea is saying, well, people will think that you can't ride a bike in normal clothes uh, and that you have to, you know, be some, wear, wear this funny costume and get a fancy bike and a helmet. Uh, and people are like, I don't want to do that. Which like, I think that's, that's, that's pretty reasonable, you know, but like, the... well, I don't, but <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't think it holds up logically. It just based on the fact that People ride bikes in their clothes all the time, and if anything, like you know, I, and I think that's good. And then, and I, uh, it's going to be so hard to. I really want to try and not get too too off topic. But basically, there's, a, I guess, a, a couple main things going on here. One is like the racer hate, which is just annoying, um, and one is just the irony of someone who's saying I'm opposed to tribalism, kind of just sorting people into these tribes that they might not be part of all the time because. Most of the people I know who race bikes or ride bikes and wear spandex some uh, some of the time or a lot of the time also hop on a bike in jeans and a t-shirt. Absolutely, I down, you know. I I know very I'm and I'm sure that I like uh, that I that I know some people who are like this, but most of the bike racers that I know are they race bikes, but they also ride bikes all the dang time and are commuters and are advocates. I know very few people who are just bike racing is their, like they're, they're, the only way that they connect to bikes is via like this athletic endeavor. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that completely. And and so that's, I guess that's what kind of makes me a little crazy in general about the way that we talk about bike culture on the internet is that we, and it happens in real, I don't know if it's, chicken or the egg because it does break down into real life too and it does have real consequences when you then have someone you know with a lot of influence um like colvin anderson like you know mr copenhagen eyes who is basically saying you know racers or people who look like racers do not count uh 
and as actually Adam Meyerson put it, uh, he's othering people who look like that, which is sort of weird, uh, you know. And I, if, if it's just like a, an outfit you wear and it's something you do, it, you know, it's not like racism or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, it still hurts, <laughs> and it's and it's not productive. Yeah. And there is a certain element within advocacy where, um, you know, there is a problem in that racers and kind of roadies have been uh, historically kind of not well represented in advocacy circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that some people like Tim Johnson, um, people for bikes, are, are trying to recognize and change because that that is actually an issue. But it doesn't necessarily fall from that, that somehow putting on some spandex makes you, I don't know, the enemy of the cause. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I do get as, as part of this whole thing is like mm-hmm. the desire to frame conversations about urban cycling with, okay, when we say cycling, we're not talking about stuff that you associated with that time that you read an article about Lance Armstrong. Sure. What we're talking about is like going to the grocery store, picking up your kids from daycare, uh, just getting to work wearing your work clothes like that's what we talk about when we talk about riding a bike in a city yeah but it's i think it's it's easy to uh skew that either in not speaking carefully or in not listening carefully to well we're not talking about those stupid bike racers here what we're talking about is you know good old-fashioned americans like you and me yeah yeah and that's yeah and that's where it crosses over into into being kind of uncomfortable right so and, so, so that's you know, well that's that's the uncomfortable stuff and then there's like completely unnecessary shots across the bow like if you wear spandex you're part of the one percent right exactly i mean like even so like the most charitable the most charitable ugh, i can't talk you got this <laughs> the most the most charitable interpretation of that remark is you write, you know, only one percent of people who would potentially ride a bike are interested in in doing that kind of riding, and I'd say that's probably true. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Probably but, less, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but right, but you know, this is a guy who's familiar with what's going on in the world. He knows what's going on. He knows the implications that he's making mm-hmm. when he says that, because the implications are are kind of a lot more uh, uh, political. Yeah, right, and. If you know, if you're familiar with the person he's saying this to in particular, uh, a guy like Adam Meyerson, or indeed a lot of other people who happen to be professional cyclists, uh, to essentially say you're one of the elite uh, and, you know, you're kind of, you know, with all the negative uh, implications of the elite, Mm -hmm. you know, and being out of touch and all that, that that is a very that's a questionable thing to say to any professional cyclist given like the money that they make right uh, you know and things like that and when and, we're and like when we're talking about you know domestic pro cyclists you know for the sake of our listeners who might not know stuff like this we're talking about people getting first year contracts for like a few thousand dollars a year yeah and like you in, know travel and entry fees and the bikes that you need to race but in terms of pay a, a couple thousand dollars a year yeah, two thousand, nine thousand dollars, something like that. And Myerson's doing better than that. Sure. But, yeah, but you know. Yeah, but you know, the, the range is. Uh... Yeah, it, it starts very, very low. So, and, and you know, and of course, duh, obviously, sports. You know, some of the the 
best paid cyclists get get paid quite a bit and i don't want to go too far off into the weeds of the exact details of the money because it's not really about the money mm-hmm. as such um but more about do you know do sportsmen or sportswomen have an interest in in do they represent the interests of cyclists on the road uh and i think it's incorrect to say that that they don't however you feel about sports uh and i think that's kind of an uh, sports and professional sports in particular are sort of an interesting topic of conversation and it, it seems that um, people who are against sports and have very strong feelings about it well that they have very strong feelings about it but um, you know rather than go there uh, back to what I was saying about <laughs> uh, uh, the vested interest which is you know I, I think the answer is very clearly that yes yes Professional cyclists and us amateurs too, who spend hours out on the road, um, getting more regular people out on bikes. Um, regular people, even <laughs> it sounds maybe a little bit condescending. I don't mean it that way, but getting more people out on bikes in regular clothing, you know, or in spandex, whatever. It, it kind of either way, it helps us too. Absolutely, because we're the you know, as far as time on the road, you know, we're kind of the ones with our lives on the line. Um, without making that too dramatic. Yeah, you know, especially especially someone with a professional training load. I mean, you're talking about guys doing twenty, twenty five, sometimes thirty hours a week. Yeah, you know, it, it does matter to these people. Absolutely, I and you know, I think some of the tension comes in when you're talking about like the speed design of bicycle mm-hmm. infrastructure, mm-hmm. especially you know in the last ten years in American cities. Well, we talked about this in a in a previous episode. Yeah, and we talked about like you know bike lanes and cycle tracks being like not somewhere that you want to ride fast and so maybe it's a little bit frustrating because you want to be riding fast and maybe you think you want to be riding in traffic when when you're in this like sometimes it's frustrating other times it's just like oh absolutely like this is not where i'm training this is taking me to where i'm training and like i'm just chilling but i've definitely known a lot of people who are just like man those those bike lanes are death traps because they expect you to ride in a certain you know way that gives you this false sense of security for the record like bike lanes improve safety and that's what the data show um <laughs> master of public health <laughs> <laughs> indeed um Mario. but yeah you know like that that divide i think comes into or that false divide can can sometimes exist like in that situation involving those perceptions of infrastructure yeah but but like nonetheless i mean i i don't I don't think I know any, I, I, and again, like, I'm sure that if I actually pulled everyone that I know, I'm sure I can find some people who think that, like, streets are better if they don't have, like, bike lanes and pedestrian safety improvements and all that stuff. I'm sure I can find some cyclists who think that. But, like, most of the people that I know who are bike racers are also just, like, totally, they know what a safer street and a safer city and better urbanism looks like, and they want that. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, I mean, you're talking about some of the people who are the absolute most, you know, we're on board with the bike things, right? We crazy enthusiast people with the, the spandex, right? Like, we get it. And, you know, there is that, that challenge, of course, you know, part of this 99% thing is people who just, it would have no, in, literally no interest in uh, bikes per se, but... You know we're there and but you know there's 99 percent of people have no interest in 
computers per se, right? But they all have, you know, usually that person in their family or social group who is the computer, the computer person, right? Either the mm-hmm. enthusiast or like the person who actually works in the industry or whatever. Or just the person mm-hmm. with the chunky framed glasses. Or the chunky framed glasses. Yeah, whatever. The, 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 the stereotype in their friends group. Uh, who is the person that they will turn to for advice or opinions um, and see what they think. And so, you know, the opinions of, of these people matter. And I think the opinions of, uh, you know, roadies and bike racers probably matter to people, even if those people don't care about. I mean, I know I get asked about things like this. So, yeah. And, and you know, as, as far as the elitism thing goes, I, I, I guess... Some of that in terms of like road rider culture, we do bring that on ourselves a little bit. Um, I think it is fair to say that uh, roadie culture can seem a little standoffish. Um, I, you know, I think there's also a certain amount of protection there too. And I also think that some of the standoffishness is that there are, even if they're not maybe the best reasons, that there are reasons for that in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, riding fast with people you don't know is dangerous potentially if they don't know what they're doing so right. you know and again not excusing it and and you know i think that is a good thing to focus on on improving but i don't think that has any bearing with how bicycle infrastructure is perceived by people who have no knowledge of the bicycle world yeah. like the standoffishness and the the supposed snobbishness whether it's real or not of roadie culture is something that people who aren't into bikes already know nothing about like that is that is totally a bike subculture thing including a you know whether whether he wants to admit it or not um the copenhagenized the copenhagenized guy is inculcated in that culture he's he's you know swimming in that too and that's that's where that opinion comes from yeah you know i i have a story about the the standoffishness of Mm-hmm. road cyclists roadie culture or whatever um and it's a- it's actually a story about like having that same feeling when i was a teenager about guitars and there was nothing that i liked more than getting into a car with a couple of my friends and driving to a bunch of different guitar stores and playing guitars and plugging them into amps and we <laughs> would do this for hours <laughs> and the the thing about for the younger for the younger listeners the internet sucked a lot more back when we were in our teens yeah the internet back in like the late 90s early 2000s was totally crap there like weren't normal people on the internet it actually was like only sexual predators yeah it was pretty gross um uh that's not true about the sex that's that wasn't really uh anyway I'm just gonna like slightly redact that little that little <laughs> that little line. I'm gonna fully I'm gonna fully redact it. It was a joke gone awry. Anyway, so uh, we drive around, go to guitar stores, but and there's always this feeling like when you would walk into a guitar store that like you're going to be judged, right? That the people who work there or the people who are there but somehow have more stature than you uh, are gonna look at the guitar that you're picking up and what you're doing with it and like the muscle on your ring finger and be like, mm-hmm. that dude sucks. I can tell. And that doesn't happen. Right? I had this feeling right. like constantly that every time I walked into a guitar store, like I had to steel myself against the judgment of everyone else there. 
but I never actually experienced anything negative. And I think yeah, that absolutely. I think that people have the same. Uh, I, I think that this is not uncommon at all, and I think that people experience that with a lot of things, uh, including cyclists who are, and I'm using air quotes here, like better than them. You know, I've had friends right. be like, "Oh, you know, you, oh, you wouldn't want to go for a ride with me. Like, I'd be really slow, and I'm sure you're really fast." And I'd be like, "I mean, come on, I like." riding to the park and like having a picnic and going around the lake and drinking a beer like we can do this together we there, there is overlap there is much overlap between us yeah absolutely and uh, you know it's like i don't it's like i don't think you appreciate the novelty and the delight of riding really slowly <laughs> yeah <laughs> ah, absolutely so like yeah and you know I've, I've known people intimidated by bike shops in the same way and I, I very much think that some of it is projection, which is not to say that, like, people who are doing that or feeling that, like, are to blame for anything that has happened to them. But because certainly, you know, right. there, there are many bike shops staffed by jerks who are active Ugh. jerks. Um, Ugh. Yep, it's true. But but that sense of standoffishness is, yeah, is sometimes projected. Yeah, and yeah, and, and you know, uh, I, I can certainly say that a lot of the people who are riding bikes fast are, you know, not not the people who were the jocks or the cool kids in high school. And also, aren't we out of high school by now? Yeah. You know, uh, like you know, we're all in this together. I don't know. Uh, I I guess I yeah. Oh, and there's just one. I uh, I guess the one final um. I say that a lot, and then we end up talking forever, <laughs> like on on you know further getting into rabbit holes and things. But you know, in closing, at least on the question of should racers be or or road riders be engaged in advocacy, or are they hurtful to advocacy, or are they uh, you know not relevant to advocacy? Uh, people seem to forget sometimes. Or at least they gloss over when, when they're on this this kind of train of thought that a lot of the nations that are the really good examples of bikes being part of everyday urban life also have the strongest bicycle racing cultures, mm -hmm. the strongest bicycle sports cultures. The one that always gets me is people talking about, well, you know, look at Amsterdam. It's just people with no helmets riding their bikes, you know. Slowly in the Netherlands, you know, everyone just rides a bike and that's normal to get around. And, you know, you don't go into a bike shop to buy a bike. And it's like the Netherlands is one of the three, like, most cycling crazy countries in the world. Most bike racing crazy countries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah most bike racing is, is what, I, was, what, what I mean to say. And it's like that. I'm not saying these things necessarily go together, um, but they can coexist. Right. There are specialty bike shops there. There are people buying the fancy bikes, you know, or at least people buying the road bikes and wearing the spandex and, and, and whatnot. Like races, people just think nothing of uh, roads being closed for a bike race on the weekend. That's normal. You don't get people in the community getting all bent out of shape like they often do in communities in the United States. That's just how it is. And the entry fee for the race might be five euros or 10 euros. Yeah. So that you know, so so life is good for bike racers in the Netherlands too. I think what you're getting at is like divisions are total crap. 
And yeah, and any any time that there's this there's this attitude of we may share the same goals, but if you unite yourself with me, it's bad for me. That is just a piece of crap opinion to have. Yeah. Yep, we're all, you know, really, really, we kind of, even if we don't realize we want the same things, we kind of want the same things. We want the same things. So let's find, you know, yeah, focus on what we have have in common. And like, and not, yeah, and like yeah. when we say we want the same things, a lot of times that means like, I want fewer of my friends to be dead because of cars. Seriously. Bring, bringing me down, but it's true. Had to be said, you know. No, it's true. I mean, I mean, really, like that's what that, I mean, and that's what that really is. What's at stake? You know, it, it is something that I, unfortunately, <laughs> it's something that lately I've 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 been thinking about. Like, you know, I, uh it's it's. I don't like going out the door thinking like there is a chance, however small, that I might not come home. Mm-hmm. Um, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm totally on board with uh, whoever whoever I can like with, so that I might feel that less strongly. Uh, I'm all for that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that pro- that's probably. Uh, let's wrap that up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Put a bow on it. We we yeah we went. I I think overall. Well, uh, we don't need to do another summation, but, you know, this isn't necessarily about, like, the opinions of this, the Copenhagenized guy. This is just about, you know, certain opinions that, like, happen and happened and, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got on that, really. I'm, I'm working <laughs> no, my way good. through my glass of whiskey. <laughs> I'm, I, I gotta tell you, mine's gone. Mm. I got some catching up mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. All right, I that's um, I'm done. Yep. Are you done? That's it. Let's get the tab. That's <laughs> the tab. Let's oh, uh, no. let's take that oh, bun no. out of the I'm oven. surrounded by. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm not. I, this bit is this bit isn't working for me. Okay. It's the end of the show. <laughs> it's the end of the show. You've been listening to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in every week. Um, or even if you only tune in once a month, or if this is your first one, or, you know, whatever, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us if you want to tell us that we're being dumb, or that we're being smart, but especially if you think we're being dumb, that seems to motivate people to write in. Uh, we have an email address at honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter as well, at underscore WHBP. And you can get to each of us on Twitter as well. I am at Grolby. And I am at underscore Matteo. Excellent. Um, if I'm not forgetting anything, or are we, we good to close out with that? You know, let's just tell people to, like, give us a rating on iTunes. And, uh... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, go to, you know, go to go to the iTunes. That'd type cool. Working Man's yeah. Honest Bicycle Program. Give us some stars. A review would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, we prefer the positive reviews, but uh, constructive criticism is welcomed as as well. Yeah, whatever. We'd we'd we would look at the constructive criticism. We would. We would. We're willing to construct. So thanks again for listening, and uh, <laughs> we'll catch you on the next time around. All right. Good night, folks. Good night.
I so my team has a Google group, and it's an extremely active email list, mm-hmm. like extremely active, and it was just crushing my entire inbox. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, and it's a good thing. It's great, but. I was like, I can't find anything <laughs> that is not team related somehow. Do you not do an inbox zero thing or or what? Oh God, no! I don't know what inbox zero means. I just assume that it means you know you try and keep your inbox empty. Yeah, inbox it do- as it to does. do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. It's nice. Yeah, it's I, never. Uh, it's usually at about twelve, but still. I mean, I keep everything red, but I just let my inbox just fill up yeah. to infinity, and pretty and much. Beyond. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I could probably go back like to the beginning of this Gmail account, and, and there are probably still emails because I like I pretty much delete like the spam and nothing else. Yeah, because I don't know, like because I just like it's it's work, you know. It's like I've got to hit a little button. Yeah, and and because I'm really religious about reading things, it's like you know whatever. I just really got. A high guys from Preston for some reason saying <laughs> hi Preston <laughs> hi Preston we really ought to have like a a, a live show because uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we would have a listenership of at least one or two 